Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But of course, that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content. And you'll also get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two G's in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt like this one here. From the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Welcome into our Blackhawks 2021-22 season in review show. I'm Jay Zawoski. To my left is Greg Boyson. Mauro Tirabasi, he has upper respiratory injury. He'll be out for a few games, but he'll join us later in the week. Get well soon, Mario. We miss you. We miss your musk. We miss your, your face and all the great things you bring uh, to CHGO Blackhawks. Uh, but feel better, buddy. We are... Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Um, all right, Mario. Uh, I, I'm sorry. See, Mario's on the mind. I can't stop thinking about it, man. I just can't stop. <laughs> this is do the show yourself. I can't. It's off to a great start. Can all right, start Greg, that over? Um, yes, Greg. Um, here we are, man. The offseason has begun. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a sad feeling. You know, there's no Blackhawks hockey left, but the real NHL playoffs begin tonight, which is great. Reminder, by the way, you're running out of time to join our Bracket Challenge. If you want to get in on that, go to bracketchallenge.nhl.com, search the CHGO Blackhawks League, and use that keyword FLOWER to enter and participate. Winner gets some sweet CHGO merch courtesy of the three of us. So we're going to review the season because that's what you do when the season's over. And boy, as I was sort of getting ready for things this morning, Greg, and finding out the dates and going through the chronology of everything that happened this year, this has been a pretty sucky year to be a Hawks fan, to say the least. Yes. Yeah. And that's our show. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's rough. Rough. As a fan, rough. Covering this team. Just just it everything. Sucked. It was it, terrible. Let's just call it what it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, garbage. The, you went into this season with a little bit of optimism. It, it looked like the team was going to attempt to make a run at a postseason, and you saw some of the moves, the Seth Jones, the Marc-Andre Fleury's, Jake McCabe's, and you're like, okay, if I squint hard enough at this piece of paper, maybe they can get a wild card spot? Yeah. Uh, I, didn't buy, I didn't predict them to be a playoff team at, at the start of the season. I just still thought there were too many holes. But then the start was yeah. god-awful. Well, that's God awful. Yeah, I mean, this and, season was dead from before it even started. I think you put it well. Like, if you squint, and if everything went perfectly, they're a wild card team, right? If everything goes just as planned, and everyone sort of maxes out their potential, you're a borderline playoff team. But immediately, those hopes are dashed. The Hawks get off to a one, 
five and one start. Uh, this is before the Jenner and Block uh, report comes out on October 26th, or one five and one at that point. And any hope you had for any sort of playoff is done seven games into the season. And it wasn't that they were just losing. Oh my god. It yeah. wasn't you could you could deal with a one five and one start if like you'd lost, you know, two to one, three to two. You were in those games, you just lost to some of the top teams, but you got something to build off. They were getting their doors blown off. They looked like a team that was never ready. Uh, you know, they they looked like a team that had never played together before. A lot of that had to do with with Jeremy Colleton and his weird, weird coaching and uh, <laughs> yes, or lack thereof. Uh, but as we learned as the season progressed, maybe not all of the problems, not maybe, but definitely not all the Blackhawks' problems the last three seasons can be thrown at his feet. At some point, you have to look at these players and go, come on. Like, yeah. seriously, what are we doing here? But that's that start of the season, any optimism you had was just – punched right in the junk right off the opening draw and it was over it, like even you know as we're getting through the, by mid-october you were like this is a bad team and there's not a lot of hope so here's the first seven games of the hawk season oh no don't do it four two loss at colorado four three overtime loss at new jersey five two loss at pittsburgh four one loss at home to the islanders four one loss at home to the canucks 6-3 loss at home to the Red Wings, 3-2 loss in overtime to Toronto. So you lost to the Red Wings, you lost to the Islanders, you lost to the Canucks. And These the Devils. And the Devils. Yeah. And those are teams that are going to be in the draft lottery with the Blackhawks right now too, like bad teams. So you're not only losing big, you're losing big to bad teams. Yeah. So we knew kind of right away, man, this is bad and this is – it just there wasn't a lot of hope there. There wasn't a lot of signs. There wasn't a lot of, hey, you know, the, the offense is there. We just got to shore up the defense. No, the defense no. was bad. The offense wasn't scoring. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury, we have to remember, is all the Marc-Andre Fleury love that we have, he was terrible yeah. in October. He was Very terrible. bad start. Yep. And, and you, can, you can make the excuse that, well, he had a bad team playing in front of him. Correct. Well, he had a bad team playing in front of him when he was good. Yeah. So yes. that excuse, kind of, yes, yeah. that was maybe he did have to make an adjustment for, you know, he hasn't played with a team that bad defensively probably ever in his career. And I if he did, it was a ever. long, long time ago. But he, it was it got between his ears. There was, there was a lot of frustration early in the season out of him. And I think he, he got scratched. I think he was sat like back to back games. Yep. I want to say right after Derek King took over and that kind of turned things around. Uh, but he was bad. Like it was like, man, I know we gave up nothing for this guy, but we still gave up too much right now. I mean, he turned it around. Yeah, oh for sure. And he became the player that everybody loved, and rightfully so. I think after what we saw, the after he was traded, you really get an appreciation for how good he was. But a lot of people forgot those first three weeks of the season. There was no goaltending either. So you had no offense, you had no defense, and the goaltending was bad. Other so than that, though, everything was going yeah. swimmingly. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> the lighting at the UC was really nice. It was. Good pregame music. I like they play the Four Horsemen. That was probably the highlight of the season for me. Dude, I don't know when they made that ch switch. great call. Because uh, I didn't go to any games last year. Nobody did, uh, now that I think about it. Um, but it had been a while since I've been to the UC for a game, and then – 
yeah, I noticed that they, they, they got rid of the Ted Nugent, which is always a good idea, and then they replaced it with four horsemen. And I was like, this is – that was the – if that was done this past off season. That was the best offseason. I want to know if that was a player's call. We need to figure this out. This is our offseason duty is to find out who uh, we, who initiated we gonna the four be, horsemen. Uh, to take we're going to be music. at the Kyle Davidson press conference tomorrow. That's uh, the Kyle, first Kyle, question. Uh, yes. first question here. Uh, was it yes. you that decided <laughs> to put in four horsemen as the pregame music? And if it was, did it get you your job? So let's focus a little bit still on the start a little bit because I think what, what you're saying is important here. And, yes, Flurry got off to a bad start. I think he was shell-shocked. You know, he probably looked at the Hawks situation as he was making this decision. Was he going to continue playing or not? He was sort of like, well, I can do this. Like, they're not as good as the teams I'm used to, but I'm a good goalie. I can figure it out. Then he actually plays behind this Hawks team and is like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I can't. I'm getting I'm Denny Lemieux in slap shot. I'm I'm hallucinating between shots because it's just so out of control. So then you get him probably doing the same thing Seth Jones did trying to take it upon himself to save the season single-handedly. That's why we saw Seth Jones get off to such a bad start where he couldn't get out of his own way to start the season because he's trying to live up to the new contract and everything the Hawks gave up for him. And as the season is slipping away in the first two weeks, you've got these two high-profile guys who play with a lot of pride trying to do everything he can. Then you've got Jonathan Taves going 25 games without a goal. It was a disastrous start. Oh, yes, and by the way, the entire Kyle Beach assault is hanging over this entire thing, which brings us to uh, October 26th. That's the day the Jenner and Block report is released. That's the day Stan Bowman resigns and Kyle Davidson steps in with the interim tag on his name. And um, that's when things, if things started to turn around, air quotes at all, I guess that's what you could point to. Yeah, that was um, that was a memorable day for all the wrong reasons. Um, man, I that day I, I've actually got a little bit of a story about that day. That that it really just I mean I you 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 heard all the allegations, you heard all the stuff, but then when it actually got out there as this is what happened, this is fact. It's no longer allegations. This is fact. Yeah. It really left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, you know, as a Blackhawks fan, it left me a it left a bad taste in my mouth as a hockey writer, as a hockey as somebody that wants to just in general. It made me question: Do I still want to do this? Dude. Do I still want to? I'm like, do I still want to cover a sport that will allow this to happen? And and a, a, a story about that that I put something pretty much out there on my Twitter account, and then of all people in the world, I get a Twitter DM from Elliot Friedman. No kidding. Uh, and I had to make sure it was him and not, but it was actually him. <laughs> it wasn't Elliot. Yeah, no, it was Freeman the real deal. And he says, hey, do you got a minute? Send me your phone number. So I sent him my phone number. And then two minutes later, a Toronto area code call. It's 10 o'clock at night on October 26th. It's the busiest man in hockey yeah, media. Yeah, no doubt. And he doesn't know me. Takes five minutes to call and just say, hey, I read what you put on Twitter. It came across me. I just wanted to reach out. And say, hey, we're all in the same boat. I'm even questioning what I could have done wow. better to do this. And he just said, we, he says, you know, I, I, I see how you cover the AHL. You're passionate. We need passionate people here. He's like, just don't, like, go crazy. So that, that conversation just blew my mind. And it, and it kind of refocused me. And then, you know, 
here we are right now. So, I mean, that Elliot Friedman, it, it, you hear a lot of things about him, yeah. about being a great guy. It, it's true and more. That's huge. And, you know, I, I think he's right that we need people like you covering hockey because you're the kind of guy that's going to hold hockey accountable, right? You're not going to be someone who's like, well, it's in the past. Anyway, here's the next game. It needs people like you in it, right? And Mario and whoever else people who are critical that love the game and want the game to do well uh, that are critical. That is so important. And, and I don't have a story as cool as yours, but honestly, like my off the air conversations with James Naveau as we were doing the Madhouse podcast, if Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac had stayed with the Blackhawks organization, I was ready to walk away from the whole thing. Yeah. I was ready to unplug the Madhouse podcast and say, I'm done. I'm not going to sit here and talk about this stuff anymore because my heart's not in it. I don't love the organization anymore. They didn't do the right thing. And I, I think, look, since Danny and Jamie Faulkner have uh, stepped into more prominent roles, I feel like everything they've done has been correct. Now, Rocky Wirtz threw a giant wrench into that thing during his press conference, and I know we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, the fact that Bowman resigned, air quotes, whatever you want to call it, El McIsaac is gone and they basically clean house of everybody who was involved at that time uh, made me keep doing what I was doing. Yes, it was still really hard to do it. Yes, it was really hard to just talk about hockey in light of everything that had happened to Kyle Beach. And look, we shouldn't go another minute without praising Kyle Beach's bravery to Absolutely. get out there, put his face on the story, tell his story. I was riding home on the train watching that video, and I had I was crying on the train. Like it's It was brutal to see a guy who... From all we knew about Kyle Beach before that was tough guy, maybe a little bit of a problem in the locker room, yeah, air quotes, right? Like attitude problem, attitude problem, yeah. big, physical, tough. And to see a guy make him a hockey player come out that vulnerably yeah. uh, was really, really, I don't know, I don't know what the word for it, but it was, it just, it was, I was so emotional seeing him go through that and talking about how, you know, his mother said, like, how his parents were behind him. It's just, it broke your heart. But man, I will always respect Kyle Beach for having the balls to come out and talk about his experience and, and put a face to the story. And look, any victim who is not ready to do that, no shame in that either, of course. Like everybody has to handle their assault and their trauma in their own way. Uh, but for Kyle Beach to, to do that as bravely as he did is super commendable. And I think that went a long way too in the ultimate result of the situation. Yeah, vulnerability uh, is not a thing in hockey culture. It's right. not a thing on the ice. It's not a thing in hockey locker rooms. It, it needs to be. It needs to be more. And I, that if that's the first step, as difficult as all of that was to, to read and to listen, and that interview, as you said, just rips your soul apart. Yeah. To know that this guy was in trouble and everybody that was put in position to help him said, nah, nah, it's more important. We're going to win a championship. You're not important to just, uh, just imagine feeling that alone. Yeah. When everybody who's supposed to help you turns, you know, turns on you, man, that's just, it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. It's something you never recover from. You feel better about it one day. Then the next day you might feel a little bit better, but you never recover from that. No, of course. Of course. And so, yes. And, you know, for the Hawks to say, like, oh, we are too focused on a Stanley Cup, this is the video coach. 
You could have the day they came to you with this situation. You could have said you could have put out a press release. You know, Bradley Aldrich has been relieved of his duties. There will be no further comment on this situation, and it's over. And you handle it behind the scenes, yeah, and you nobody, do everything right. Nobody would have batted an eye had no. you said, "Oh, Blackhawks fire video coach two days before the Stanley Cup fire final." Nobody would have been like, "What's this about?" Right? Oh my God! They would have been like, "Oh, okay. I didn't even know they had a video coach. What does a video coach do?" <laughs> right? Like right, it right. would have been a nothing story, and then you could have you could have revealed things in the off season. And then by the time you're raising the banner the next fall, it would have been forgotten. Yeah. And it would have been like, okay, this happened. It was handled correctly. Let's move on. Now instead, over a decade later, you've got to pick up the pieces because you allowed it to just be, un, you know, you allowed it to be covered up for that long. Yeah. And you allowed the person who allowed it to be covered up, run your team and make really bad decisions this offseason, knowing what was going to eventually come out. Um, yep. so yeah, just mishandled from day one until finally years later, they sort of kind of get it right. That brings us to November 7th after a one, nine and two start for the Blackhawks. They got to win. We in their first, uh, 11, 12 games, Jeremy Cowton is mercifully fired and Derek King takes over as the interim coach and something that will stick with me for a long time. So we had Derek King in that chair uh, a couple weeks ago. We asked him to describe what the mood was like when he came over, and he said broken and fragile. That was the state of the Blackhawks after everything that had occurred uh, in the summer and with Jeremy Colleton and with the start of the season. And for him to even get the Hawks remotely competitive for a stretch of this season, which he did, they were never a good team. They were never a playoff contender, but they were respectable for probably the middle part of the season where you knew most nights they were going to give you a decent effort, right? Uh, lose more than they won, but at least come out, play hard, play with a purpose. And you started to see Seth Jones started to elevate his game. Marc-Andre Fleury, who you mentioned, started looking like an all-star goalie again. Jonathan Taves took him 25 games, but scored a goal. You know, Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit continued their great seasons and this, and things started to sort of normalize I would say fairly quickly under King. Yeah, he he came in and said, forget all this complicated, got to think, just go play hockey. Go play the game. Go play hockey. Use your instincts. Simplify it. Yeah, in any sport, hockey, baseball, football, any sport, a player that's out there who is constantly thinking isn't just you're asking wait like just let them go out there and do what they know how to do act on their instincts like you said he simplified things and that's that's all he could have done at that point so okay we're gonna take all that stuff that we the last guy did and we're just gonna nope we're gonna just line up and play hockey and he did that and they and it, they responded they had that yeah. new coach bump there did they win his first four games or four and one something like that I know there was a four game winning streak somewhere in there under Derek King. It seems like it was three years ago. <laughs> it was only, oh, absolutely. But it, that was, you saw, you know, hey, crazy by, like, you got putting guys in positions to succeed actually makes your team better. Realizing that this guy shouldn't be a fourth liner makes your team better. Realizing this guy should be a fourth liner, and all of a sudden your team, like, putting guys into where they should play 
made the world a difference because there's so much stubbornness with Jeremy Colleton. Right. That was his biggest downfall. You can have, you can think you're the smartest guy in the room and you could try and reinvent the wheel and come up with your own system. But if you're not willing to adapt and you're not willing to listen to other people, you're going to fail. And that's hopefully a lesson Colleton learned going forward that, hey, I can't be so stubborn because for how many times and over, over the three plus seasons, we were like, don't play this guy here. And he keeps doing it and doing it. And then like five games later, he makes the switch and acts like it was his idea. <laughs> right, and then right, he goes, right. look, look at how smart I am. I made this move. Everybody's been screaming for, for the last month and it worked. I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't believe that like three months after that or two months later, I was, I was watching the Olympics late one evening and I saw Jeremy Colleton behind one of the benches. I don't even know who it was, but I was like, what the Canada. hell? Uh, Olympics. Yeah. yeah. He was on Olympic team. team. Canada. Yeah, was he like, was an assistant. He actually had the head coach oh one gosh. of the games. Cause didn't Claude Julian break a rib or something, something that like practice. That, yeah. Yep. And they were even like, you know what? This guy is old and he's got broken ribs, but get him out there. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Colleton. Sydney Crosby needs to earn ice time. <laughs> yeah. <Shut up>. Seriously. <laughs> so back to the thing you were talking about with instincts. This is a quote that I have gone back to so many times, and anyone who's listened to me on any sort of podcast has heard me bring this up before, but I want to bring it up again. This quote from October 2019, Duncan Keith was a guest on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, and he was asked about playing for Joel Quenville. And he said, one of the things I liked most about playing for Joel and for the teams we had, he allowed us to play the game and not overthink it, where I think sometimes the way it is now under Jeremy Cowlton, it seems like every little situation is already played out for you and laid out for you how to play it. When to me, in hockey, you've got to be able to read and react and think quickly and be natural out there. It's kind of what I appreciated about Joel the most. That's Duncan Keith saying Jeremy Cowlton is, is it's paralysis by analysis with this guy where every situation has a certain way to play it. Hockey is the most random sport in the world where a puck can bounce a certain way, it can be on edge, it can be knuckling, whatever. You cannot draw out a hockey play like you draw out a football play. It is just not the same. So for everything to be scripted, you've got to let these guys go out there. They've all been playing hockey their whole lives. They know how to do it. They know what they're good at. They know what they're bad at. They know, especially when Colton took over. The roster was not that bad when Colton took over. It got worse as his tenure went on, but... There were still, you know, Jonathan Taze was still a pretty solid player at that point, right? They should have been better than they were. And he was crippling those guys. And that's what, like Derek King said, they were fragile and they were broken. And too many years of Jeremy Cowden over and micromanaging everything they did on the ice had a crippling effect on this team. And uh, I commit, whether Derek King gets his job or not, and it, I just, I don't really think he's going to based on what Kyle Davidson had to say. Um, he needs to be commended for just getting this team above water and looking like a normal NHL team again. I thought, you know, 12, 13 games into the year, it felt like even that hope was lost. Yeah. No, yeah. Simplifying it, that makes a world of difference. And, you know, it, it, it showed. It, it, it showed almost immediately. You know, it wasn't uh, – I don't think it was a coincidence that you saw some of these guys that struggled early play better Yep. after November 7th. Seth Jones' season turned around. Marc-Andre Fleury got better. Jonathan Taves, Jake McCabe, who struggled a lot early and struggled a bit late too. But, <laughs> you know, these guys, you know, they, they, they started, I think, having fun again. 
Yeah. And then, listen, these guys are adults. They're millionaires. They're professionals. But it's still a lot of fun to go out and play hockey every night. So you, it should be. You still got to have that element. I think they started having some fun again. You know, we've been the practices since since we started here at, at CHGO. There's, you know, a lot of times they're loose and they're having fun out there. You know, they might have, you know, they've lost seven or eight in a row, but they can still go out there and and relax a little bit during practice. And I think that's the environment that Derek King created. I've never, I never went to a Blackhawks practice under Jeremy Carlton, but I bet you there wasn't hooting and hollering and having fun if they were on a five or six game lose. Probably a lot of guys like this guy turns his back, I'm going to club him in the back <laughs> of his skull with my stick. They did a lot of calculus. Yeah, there was a <laughs> right, lot, right, right. lot of abacuses out on the ice, but you Is know, abacai, <laughs> multiple abacuses, abacacti. We'll get on that. We'll get the, the more you know logo flying over our heads <laughs> at some point here. Hey, uh, if you're enjoying the show, and we hope you are, uh, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content, including our Stanley Cup uh, playoff first-round predictions that we put out there today. We've got another great piece coming out tomorrow. You're going to want to jump on that membership now. You'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. They're your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA same game parlay for the first time ever you can build the perfect live NBA same game parlay only with points bet watch live parlay live and boost live with points bet and remember online sign up is available right now in Illinois so you can grab your phone download the points bet app and sign up from start to finish it could not be simpler so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522- 4700 greg i think as we look back on the season and we look back on the impact Derek king had uh on this roster i think the one guy who stands out to me the most is dylan strom that was a guy who just really couldn't figure out if he was coming or going under jeremy colleton um was scratched was on the fourth line and look when Derek king took over it took strom a little bit of time too to figure out what he had to do but the difference is Derek King told Dylan Strom what he had to do. He was clear in his communication about how to do it. Dylan Strom got the message. He changed his game a little bit. And all of a sudden, Dylan Strom is on the top line. He's picking up a ton of points. And he was our fourth star of the game night after night after night for probably the first month of this podcast. And that's when he wasn't one of the three stars, which anything he wasn't a four star. He (laughs) was one of the three stars. Exactly. He went on a tear. Yeah. Um, Again, Confidence, confidence in hockey players, confidence in any professional athlete, confidence in any profession. Second, you have confidence in yourself and that you know that the people who are in charge have confidence in you. You're going to be a more productive employee, regardless if your job is playing hockey or talking about hockey or delivering pizzas. Once you have confidence, you're going to be better at your job. No doubt. And and Strom needed that. I mean, listen, there was no doubt about it. Jeremy Colleton hated Dylan Strom. No, there was yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He didn't want him on his team. He tried everything to make him not be a Blackhawk. King flat out said it in the preseason meetings 
is because Derek King's there during training camp because he's the Rockford head coach. Jeremy Cowton basically flat out said there's no spot on this team for Dylan Strom. What? Yeah. If you don't have a spot, look, and we can we have all offseason to argue what Dylan Strom is worth and what kind of player he's going to be. Regardless, he is one of the best offensive players on the Blackhawks and a team that lacked a lot of offense for a large portion of the year. You don't have a spot on the team. Right. Yeah, the twenty for Dylan Strome. The twenty thirteen Blackhawks may not have had a spot for Dylan Strome. Right. The twenty twenty one Blackhawks, you have a spot for him. It's in your top six. It's one. And C. if you don't see that, <laughs> yeah, like this, that was the maddening part about it. again the stubbornness of Jeremy Colleton to Ugh, just be enough, like this enough guy. Talking about Clonaton. Let's move on. It's, this is our last sucks. chance. This is our therapy Ugh, session. God, we won't, we will not. He. he will, we're gonna. We're gonna pull, I thought I was uh, done hearing his name. We're gonna. We're gonna pull after this show. We'll pull a Harry Potter and we'll just say he who shall not be named. And okay. can we add like Stan that. Bowman to that list too? Yeah, yeah I'm sure. tired of talking about I, Stan Bowman. All weekend I was getting in Twitter discussions with people. Why are we still? He's gone. He's gone. Why are we? Yes, like we, the damage he's done is still <laughs> here, but he's gone. We, we bitching about him does not change any of the bad moves he made. He can't hurt us anymore. Yes. Listen, everyone, I'm gonna do goodwill hunting here. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> Stan Bowman did it, but he's gone. He cannot hurt us anymore. Yes. He's no longer. Well, I guess he can. Because he might end up costing the Blackhawks Alex to bring it because of Seth Jones's contract. Let's not. Get so I guess he yet. could hurt us one more time. Fine. Okay. He can only hurt us one more time. Let's not. Let's <laughs> now you gave him a more fuel. Now it's going to keep continue. You, you I know. I'm sorry. You completely. You completely yin and yang that. Stop totally talking did. about him, but here's how you can still talk about him. <laughs> so, so yeah, Jeremy Cowan had no room for Seth Jones, who finished for Dylan Strom, rather, who finished the season with 22 goals, 26 assists, and 48 points in a very nice 69 games. Nice. No, you should not be a coach anymore, sir. Yeah. Anybody who hires this guy at this point, uh, just good luck with that. Got a comment from Brandon in the chat here. He says, I get how Derek may have said some bad things in the press, but why not give him a year with camp? Let him run it, and if he sucks, you're not tied up to him long-term. Uh, I would rather, like, I, we've said for weeks that we'd be fine with Derek King getting the job. I think you probably got to give him more than a year. You don't want to give him, like, a lame duck situation, like prove it or else kind of a thing, yeah. especially when a team's going to be pretty brutal next year. Um, I would just give, if they're going to bring him back, give him two years. And say, all right, hey, bring in your crew, bring in the guys you want to hire. Let's see what you got. But it sounds like from what Kyle Davidson is saying that he's not just necessarily looking for a stopgap. He's looking for who could be the next head coach of this team throughout the rebuild and beyond. So, look, if that guy's out there, cool. Right. Great. I'd love to know who it is. And as the offseason goes on, we'll be discussing all the candidates that pop up. Um, and you could you know, probably do the math and figure out some of them yourselves, like Jim Montgomery and there's, there's others. But, um, you know, at the same time, though, Davidson did say that if King was not a true candidate, he wouldn't string him along for the ride. So he is being considered. I just think just kind of based on the tenor of his postseason conversations, and we'll have the chance to ask again tomorrow at the press conference, um, it just doesn't seem like Derek King is quite what he's looking for. Right. But they, they did when they released, uh, when they got announced that they weren't bringing back Mark Crawford and the other assistants yesterday. They did. He did go out of his way to say Derek King is still part of this organization. Yeah. So he will be part of this organization at some point. Does he go back to Rockford? Does he stay on as an assistant at the NHL level? Is he the head coach? Mm. Um, you know, if you were if you were Derek King, 
Would you rather be an assistant or would you rather just go back and head coach Rockford? That's I, a I tough don't know choice. the answer to that. I wonder. I wonder what to him would feel better. I, I I think if it was me, I'd prefer to because I think what I think Derek wants to be a head coach. Yeah. So I think he gets a better chance of doing that, having success with young players in Rockford. I agree. Than standing and what riding somebody else's coattails. Unless they bring in somebody who has some NHL experience that Derek can sort of cling on to and learn from. I don't know. I think it, maybe it all depends on who's actually hired, right? right? And and how because if you're going to bring in another. Um, you know, inexperienced sort of a head coach. I don't know if it really benefits Derek to be sitting aside, sitting next to that person. Um, and I think head coaching in Rockford is probably better for him. And I th- also think the experience he gained this year is beneficial for Rockford. Absolutely. Right. Cause Absolutely. now he's like, well, look how much I've learned about the minutia of being a head coach that I can now take and apply to Rockford, which let's be honest for the next year or so is going to be the home of the most important Blackhawks down the road. Yeah. And if you send him back down there, you also got to remember, you've got Anders Sorensen, who was Derek King's assistant his entire time he was down there and took over as intern, got this team into the playoffs. And when you look at the num- numbers, this team probably has no business being in the playoffs, but they got there. So now you've got Derek King, who's got three quarters of a season as an NHL head coach, and you keep Anders Sorensen, you've got an assistant coach who spent three quarters of a season as an AHL head coach. That's pretty good it's when good, you consider how important the Rockford Ice Hogs are going to be for the first time since they've been the affiliate of the Chicago Blackhawks. The Ice Hogs are going to be more vital to the success of this organization than the Blackhawks are for the next five yeah, years. Yeah, because they're actually they're going, going to start to, to develop. develop. They never did that before. Right. Never. Yep. It was, yeah, it, it was where you hid bad contracts. Yep. Hey, it's Monday. That means it is Kent Simpson Day on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. He is our uh, legal analyst, our legal contributant. Is that a word? I don't know. I feel like once a show, I make up a word. Well, at least. Contra- um, but if he's going to be our legal a- analyst, <laughs> an analyst, it seems like I got to go out and get arrested. And yeah, do, do that. Right. Please do that so we have a use for Kent uh, here in the offseason. Let's uh, hope we don't have to use Kent for those purposes. I uh, for once, I wish I can get a job where getting arrested wasn't part of the required requirements. <laughs> But after over a decade of prosecuting homicide cases as an assistant Cook County State's attorney, Kent opened his own firm over 20 years ago, and he specializes in injury cases. So if you're hurt at work, if someone backs over you with a pickup truck, if you get stabbed with a forklift, if someone's incompetence gets you hurt, Kent Simpson is your man. He's a huge hockey fan, uh, but he's better at lawyering than he is at hockey. This I know from inside sources. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients. And the Simpson Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you. So give them a call, 312-332-2107. The consultation is free. You can also check out SimpsonLawGroup.com. That's S-I-N-S-O-N LawGroup.com. Don't go off sides. Go top shelf. Call now, 312-332-2107. And when you call Kent, I'm sorry you're hurt. I'm sorry that that man hit you with a semi, but if you can still speak, make sure you tell Kent that the CHGO Blackhawks podcast sent you. That'd be very, very helpful for us. And we uh, love Kent, and we're glad he's with us here at yes. CHGO Blackhawks. Thank you, Kent. You're my favorite lawyer. <laughs> Do you have, like, the power rankings? Uh, yes. Lionel Hutz. 
Hey, that's next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's lawyer power rankings. All right, Jackie Child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say. What is her? Amber Heard. Is that the Johnny Depp? Uh, that's the Johnny Depp trial. Yeah, her yeah. lawyers not on there. No, no, no. They they are like Lionel Hutz's uh, human form. That's what happens when you get your lawyers on Wish dot com. <laughs> All right, so we have we're moving through the season here. Uh, so from Cowlton's firing November seventh. Uh, it's kind of a lull in terms of news between then, but February 28th, Kyle Davidson is officially named general manager, and uh, just under a month before the NHL trade deadline, he gets to fully begin planning for what turned out to be a pretty busy trade deadline. And I, I just want to say, like, since he was named official, I've just been more and more impressed with the things he's had to say and the way he's run the team. Uh, we got to meet him in person. Briefly, but very impressive meeting him in person. And uh, so far, I think he's batting a 1,000. I really like everything he said. I like the moves he's made. Um, so I am a big Kyle Davidson fan. Maybe it's just because he's not Stan. It's got something to do with it. That's part sure, of it, yeah. for sure. But I don't know how you could, how anyone could look at him so far and say anything but positives because everything he's done has, has worked pretty well so far. This is a man that's got... A clear plan in his head. Yes. This that goes a, beyond this summer, by the way. Yes. Which right. is a welcome change. Again, not Stan Bowman. That's <laughs> yeah. not something we're used to. <laughs> right. uh, he's got a clear plan in his head, and he seems to have the nerve and the will to stick to it and doesn't care whose feelings he hurts along the way. Oh, Brandon Hagel's your favorite player? I don't care. I got two first-round draft picks and two players for this guy. And, yep. uh Yeah. Thanks a lot, Tampa Bay. <laughs> I don't care about your mean tweets. Oh, Jonathan Taves, you're, you're kind of sad that we're not going to be winning for a while. Listen, here's what it is. We're going to do this. You want to be here? Awesome. You don't want to be here? See you later. Also awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a guy that so, so far, he has his vision. He seems to have the, the will and the nerve to stick to it. Uh, and he's also seeming like a guy that knows he can't do this by himself. Right. That he needs to have surround himself by s other smart people that he trusts. Brought back Norma Guyver, br brought in Jeff Greenberg from the Cubs. Yep. Guys that can give him things that he doesn't know necessarily. Listen to those guys. Obviously, he gets to make all the decisions, but it's, he seems like a guy that's going to surround himself with a group of people that he trusts so he can get variant, variant opinions on everything, and then he can use that to make his own decisions. Again, so not like Stan Bowman. Yeah, right, really. So here's a guy who seems to be doing it right. Time will tell, but as you said, first two months – of, of the Kyle Davidson era, not a lot to complain about, no. if anything. So, you know, the whole GM search was super weird, but that was the theme <laughs> of the series of this season. Like if they release a 2021 Chicago Blackhawks season review DVD, it's, it should be just called super weird, super weird The story of the 2021, 22 <laughs> Blackhawks. Cause the coaching search I mean, was weird. Honestly, super bad also works, but I'll, yeah. I'll well, <laughs> that, that, that DVD is already trademarked. They probably, uh, they're not going to pay them licensing money on that. But I mean, the GM search was super weird. The, play-by-play -play search was even weirder so it's just like okay yeah. we did all this stuff we're interviewing all these guys you guys took forever and it's still the same guy that you had all along but as we found out i think they were using some of those in interviews more as of a, of a guys to pick some brains 
maybe find some assistant guys. Hey, one of the guys I interviewed for for it is yeah. now one of Kyle's assistants. So, however they decided to do it, they 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 picked their guy, and and as of now, as of May second, seems like it's been the right pick so far. When we get to May second next season, and we're reviewing. His full first season, we may have very you know so a different opinions. We yep. may still be hopping on the ride, as he quoted. But uh, listen, we got to be patient here. This this the mess that was created is not going to be cleared off in one off season, right? So and he knows that as well. And yeah, that's that me. He's is, not sugarcoating that either. No, uh, I loved how he was like all of a sudden you had all these veterans coming out saying, "Well, maybe we can turn this around in two years," and he's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> that's not gonna happen but like the next day yeah, he was like okay, let me let me let me quash this immediately stop saying that because it's not going to happen i remember that day mario wrote a piece after the after the veteran spoke saying no you can't turn this around quick and we talked about it on the podcast and i think the next day literally the next day Kyle Davis was like, uh, hello, uh, Mark Lazarus, Scott Powers. I'd like to talk to you for a long time, please. Can you have me in immediately so I can take care of the situation? And flat out was like, no, this is going to be a long process. And I keep coming back to it and I keep reading it over and over again because it just makes my heart sing where he was asked if he needs to sell the rebuild to Taves and Kane. And he's like, no, I'm going to tell them we're rebuilding. And if they want to be your forward, cool. And if not, cool. That's how you do it, man. That's exactly you do not how you do let it. old. Uh, I, I an old Theo Epstein thing is, don't pay for past performance. Yeah, right. You pay for what's coming, not for what's been already. That's a lesson Stan Bowman didn't learn when he gave Brent Seabrook forty-seven million dollars per year uh, when he was well into his decline, and everyone could see it. Gave him an eight-year extension for why? Because he's a nice guy. Because he used to be really good. Great. That's a way to screw your franchise for a long time. And it did. And he did. He absolutely did. It's definitely going to be a long process for the Blackhawks to get that competitive edge again. But if you want to get your day started off with a competitive edge, here's a really fast process for you, and that is brew yourself a cup of Strava Craft Coffee. It is a game changer. You want to know why? Because it's got CBD, and that is helping thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh-roasted, specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't get you high, but it also doesn't give you the jitters that you would get from your normal cup of coffee. If you're one of those people that you get the caffeine, you get the shakes, that's not gonna, you're not going to get that with the Strava coffee. You're going to feel alert and focused. You're going to live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Sign me up for all of that. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling better and then you get even better by having your cup of Strava coffee, which comes in variant degrees of strength as far as the CBD goes. It comes in great different flavors. You can get it either ground by the uh, or in your little K-Cups. Depending, whatever you got to brew it at home, Strava will take care of you. Uh, plus, Strava offers full, uh, concentrated, full-spectrum CBD for you looking for CBD in a more traditional format with the powerful entourage effect of benefits. And you guys can also save 25% off your entire purchase when you use the code CHGO25 at checkout. That is 25% off your entire order with CBD. H-G-O and the numbers 2-5 in the little promo code. That's at Strava 
coffee.com, S-T-R-A-V-A. Use that promo code CHGO25. And if you already love Strava, which Jay and I do, big hits in our homes, you can subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. That's where they put you in control, and you can save on all your favorite coffees and have them shipped directly to your home or office on your schedule. You want it there tomorrow? It's there. You want it there on the 13th? It's there. They'll take care of you, and you're going to save 25% off. So check them out. It is so damn good. I love Strava. And there is no... Like, I wasn't sure if there was going to be some sort of, like, CBD taste to it. You would never know. You would never know there's CBD in the coffee. It's literally... I'm a big coffee guy. I love coffee. Me too. It is a delicious it's cup great. of coffee. Even without the CBD, it would be a great cup of coffee. It's it fantastic. Be. It so don't hesitate. Get some. It's terrific. Um, all right. So before we get, we got to, there's a couple more things we got to get to in the season before we move on. I'm really, really sorry. By the way, Brandon uh, in the chat has a follow-up to his Derek King comment. He says, I, I just think it's, you can't demote a guy after having him stabilize the situation I see what you're saying about that, and I think in most instances that would be true. I think there's something specific about Derek King's personality where he's not going to be offended or butthurt about that in any way, shape, or form. As far as we know, that could have been part of the conversation from day one. True. Hey, get us through the season. There's a chance you know, we're not going to get rid of you, but there's a good chance you may not be have this job come next season, and he could, you know being a good team guy can open a lot of doors for you down the road. Sure. Yeah. And I think he did go a long way this year in proving his value to the organization um, by just stabilizing things. Like, that's absolutely true. But, you know, it's – I don't know. I think, again, if this was Mark Crawford who had been given the interim tag, yeah, I think that's a tough sell. Yeah. But something about Derek King specifically makes me think that he's like, yeah, cool, whatever. Whatever you need from me, I'm, right. I was happy in Rockford, happy to do it, knowing, and I want to be part of it. Knowing things. Derek, like I've I've gotten to know him over the years, covering him in Rockford, they say, hey, you want to take that Ice Hawks job again? He's probably going to be like, well, at least I don't have to sell my house now. <laughs> <laughs> right. One less yeah. thing I got to worry about. And he's right next to that very famous Rockford Taco Bell. Yes, voted Rockford's best Rockford's Mexican best restaurant. restaurant. Oh, that's exciting. That that's a, really exciting. That was a real billboard in Rockford for a time. All right, the next milestone in the 2021-22 Blackhawks season, March 21st, is a trade deadline. Just before, a couple days before, they ship Brandon Hagel to the Lightning for two firsts, uh, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. Um, We know about that one. And then at deadline day, very early in the day, to our dismay, we were sort of looking forward to having our first show together be having a break during the show, an instant reaction, but it happened at like 10 a.m. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury sent to Minnesota. I had my wild hat in the car today, Greg, and I yeah, left it behind. I'm I feel sorry. I am the king of forgetting crap in the car. The I wild hat the will be on set tomorrow, maybe on my head tomorrow, if I'm feeling like it. Um, but it's here. We're all rooting Don't wear for it the- to the Kyle Davidson presser. <laughs> 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 leave it in the idea. car for that. Hey, uh, uh, what do you think? You like this? Uh, uh, uh. Um, so the trade deadline happens, and then after that, for a couple games, we're feeling good about things. Yeah. Hey, the team hasn't totally quit. They're competitive. They won a couple games. Then March 26th comes, yeah, and the eight-game losing streak begins with a 5-4 overtime loss to Vegas and then a 6-5 loss to Buffalo, a game in which they led 4 to nothing early in the second period. 
completely fall apart, and the season just went to shit after that. It just fell apart, man. That was it. And <laughs> you had, like, Derek King was like, I don't know what to tell you. These guys are worn out. They're mentally exhausted. They're physically exhausted. It's been a drain. And everybody was saying it. Like, yeah. we're just trying to play out the string here. And the fact that for the last week of the year, the Hawks finished winning two of their last three, losing the final game in overtime, to me, that's like a little cherry on the crap Sunday yeah. of this season was, all right, at least they finished strong. They finished with pride, and they and they played well. They went out, yeah, those last two home games, that was the message against the Flyers and against the Golden Knights was, hey, let's give these fans something to feel good about. And, and they did. Sorry. And good for them. And they, they they played okay in that Buffalo game. You know, it's Buffalo versus the Hawks last game of the year. Good uniform game, if nothing else. Exactly. And uh, we got we got to see former Blackhawk goalie Malcolm Subban sing the national anthem, which which was good <laughs> for a hockey player. Yeah, he did well, very well for a hockey player. Yes, uh, he sings better than I do. I'll, I'll give him that. Which is it's a low bar, but it's uh, I would never do that. So You're, good for him. If I was at the, if if. If I was at a game and someone sang an anthem to that quality, I would not question it. I'd be like, okay, that was fine. Well, you're talking to a guy that has spent four seasons covering the AHL. Okay. Where they bring out middle school bands mm. and grade school choirs to sing the national anthem. So I have heard... My daughter's in both of those. The so worst versions of that song a lot. Yeah. So give me some Malcolm Subban over the yeah, Rockford Middle School... Marching band any day. No yeah. offense to the Rockford Middle School, but, you know. So there's a lasting memory. Tune, that, that's, tune, tune your instruments, kids. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all right. We had a choir concert this week, or an uh, orchestra concert this week. Well, I'm sure they're, they're fabulous. They're very good. It's very good. <laughs> it's, just long, it's a long, long, long night. But my daughter did a wonderful job, as she always does. Um, so the season's officially over. Yes. Um, Thank you. Jeff Greenberg hired on the 28th of April. Uh, that was the day before the Buffalo game. Derek King finishes the season with a 27-33 and 10 record. And yesterday, May 1st, the Hawks relieve Mark Crawford and Rob Cookson, assistant coach, is of their duties. Uh, so now it's a clean slate for the coaching staff, clean slate for the coaching search, as it should be. Um, so here we go. The offseason begins right now. And I'm here for it, man. Bring yeah, it on. I mean... We've talked a lot about Derek King, and yeah, it, I'm, I'm fine if he comes back, but I'm also a-okay with Kyle Davidson getting to bring in his own guy because Derek King was not a, a, his guy. So you know, we, we, how, how long did we complain, hey, Stan Bowman, you know, Joe Quinville was not a Stan Bowman hire. Right. And that caused a lot of friction between those two. Um, so <laughs> How dumb. And then, Stan, <laughs> and then Stan Bowman got his own guy, and it was just – you know, a dumpster fire hit by a nuclear weapon. <laughs> like, that's how bad that was. So I have no problem one way or the other. Kyle Davidson has a lot to do this summer. Yes. Um, and my advice to all of our wonderful Blackhawk fans watching either live right now on the YouTube or on the YouTubes or listening later, audio versions, wherever you get your podcasts, let's pull it back. And breathe this summer. Yeah. Let's not run to the Twitter for every minor move and go, what is this guy doing? You know, just relax. Just this, know this, there's a plan. This summer is about, we, we talked about it a few episodes ago, 
You said they're at ground zero. I don't think they're at ground zero. Yeah. They're at like ground negative five. They have to dig to get to ground zero. And that's what this summer is about. Yeah. This summer is about clearing the slate. He's starting, but nobody is safe in that organization right now. Kyle Davidson is going to clean house and be it on the ice front office. We're going to find out the people who are Stan Bowman guys real quick here in the oh, next couple yeah. of weeks. There's going to be a lot of people that will no longer have jobs for the fact that they were loyal to Stan Bowman. I don't think Kyle Davidson wants any of that around him right now, and I am all for it. Get your people in. You're given the job. Go get your people. It's your team. Take control. That's what he's going to do this summer, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I think it's going to be very interesting what happens over these next uh, four months, five months until the season starts. And, you know, we get the draft lottery next week. We'll find out if the Hawks uh, get one of the top two picks or Columbus is going to get themselves another really nice pick thanks to the Seth yeah. Jones trade. We'll find that out. We'll be, we'll be watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, rooting for the Wild. Maybe they get back in the uh, – first round maybe he trades back in the first round maybe he's fine with just all those second round picks we're gonna it's lots of storylines to talk about wait what are by we, the way what are we rooting for in the in the draft lottery what, what am i supposed to be rooting for uh root for the hawks uh, i mean you can't be upset if they get the number one yeah. overall pick yeah. right but you'd prefer them not to because next year's draft is pretty right ridiculous but you know if you get if you have to settle for shane Wright, i guess that's okay you could do worse than the next Patrice Bergeron. Right. Sure. Or Connor Bedard next year might be the next Connor Mc, Connor I almost said Connor McKnight. Connor McDavid. <laughs> <Ha>. <laughs> you know. If he was the next Connor McKnight, it'd be good for this show, yeah, but it'd be that'd bad be for the Black Hawks. Connor McKnight on the show. <laughs> uh, by the way, you mentioned Davidson cleaning house. One thing we forgot to mention on our timeline, March fourth. So a couple days after being named the official GM, uh, he fires Ryan Stewart, the club's assistant GM, and the VP of amateur scouting, Mark Kelly. Both longtime Bowman guys, yeah. gone. It's going to be a lot of that. Very, very quickly. It's going to be a lot of that. So, summer. yeah. Well, we're up against it here, Greg. We were going to do our uh, little playoff predictions, but we're sort of out of time for that. So make sure you go to allchgo.com. We have our first round predictions done. Greg, Mario, me, all have them posted. Um, we're not going to spoil them here now. We're going to get into playoff talk a lot as the week goes on. I want to remind everybody, tomorrow... We're going to be on at 4 p.m. That's because Kyle Davidson is speaking at 2. We're going to be there in person for Kyle, David's press, Kyle Davidson's press conferences. Uh, hopefully get some questions answered and come back and record immediately when it's over. So join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Wednesday, Joey Z of the Rockford Icehawks will preview their Icehawks playoffs. So we've got a big week ahead. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we've been asking for a while here. Uh, if you can, be so kind. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would be greatly appreciated. If you want to send us a little off-season gift, that would be great. It takes 30 seconds of your time to hit that five-star button and write a couple nice words and hit send. That goes a long, long way for the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. It's a great way to help us out, and we would greatly appreciate it if you did that for us. And we want to remind you before we wrap up, as always, we're presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000 from my partner Greg Boyson and Mario Turbasi, who's homesick. I'm Jay Zawoski. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.